I got this time again, Southern Ring with the greatest faction in podcast history. Just progressing the JFW podcast. I am your host, Travis C. And guys, I'm bringing you an incredible interview. One of those that I said I promised you, um, and it's actually happening. So, for once, I'm not a liar. Um, I, I'm going to try to do this intro. Clearly, I am not the, uh, the best at it. Uh, uh, Charlie Jr. obviously will do this better than anyone in the world. I'm going to try to imitate it. Uh, so uh, please don't kill me if I mess this up, uh, but I want to give it a shot. So I want to introduce you guys to my big bad brother from another mother, because Papa was a freak. That full-bred killer, Mad Dog, Alvin Manson. That wasn't too bad, man. I, I tried to get that. I tried to get the in that like that. Wasn't that too rasp, bad, right? My thing is like I don't want to do it too loud to where it disorients the volume, but same yeah. thing. Like, you gotta get that Charlie voice up to it. Yeah, that's hard to hard to to replicate there. I know, and the yeah. thing is like like there's no way I I know in my heart I can never do it justice the way Charlie does it. And uh, from from a lot of the fans here at JFW, they they've already heard the uh, the the announcements. Uh, a lot of those. Um, that we're not actually going to hear that too much longer. No. Which is sad. No, it's, it's coming it's to an end, man. It's coming to an end. And I know we talked about You actually made that announcement uh, on one of our SCW roundtables, actually, I think, like, like maybe pre-pandemic. Like, you said, like, you know, the, yeah. the, the ride's coming to an end here soon. And you made that announcement on Facebook that officially, I believe, November is the end. It is. Uh, so, ARW's Black and Blue Wednesday. It's the night before Thanksgiving. So, it's gonna be it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I had planned on quitting, or not quitting, retiring. Mm-hmm. Big difference. Um, the year COVID hit. Yeah. You know, but what I wanted to do, I wanted to pull a, put a, a full, uh, year's worth of work in mm-hmm. and then retire. And then COVID hit and I was like, I, I can't go out like this, man. I still have, you know, a few more stories to tell. I'm still yeah. in pretty good shape where I can still get in the ring and do it. So I had to go another another two years. So right. it is coming so, to an end. So from what it sounds like is uh, it's actually your fault for COVID because the wrestling world wanted more Ivan Manson. Right. If you want to, yeah, sure. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so we, we know your career is coming to an end. The announcement has been made. Uh, but I want to take this opportunity to learn about your career, like from the very beginning, because – uh, as we're kind of setting this up and everything, you told me that we got 29 years of a career to cover. And uh, obviously, that, that's so much for just one episode. So this is going to happen. This is going to be like a series I'm excited to create. I like it. But as far as this episode, I want to start from the very beginning. And so let's go back 29 years ago. The the very beginning of uh, the birth of uh, you into pro wrestling. Uh, I know a lot of people like, have many gimmicks. So has Ivan Manson always been the first gimmick, the only gimmick you had, or did you start out this uh, this, yeah. this journey under a different name? Uh, yeah, it was a different name. So uh, this was early in the middle 90s, and so the foreigner gimmick was really hot then. You know, you're a bad Russian, but, you know, it's always the bad guy. Yeah. So um, they needed a good – I was in Windy City. They needed a good uh, foreigner gimmick, you know, mm-hmm. to heal. So – uh, yeah, they stuck me with a Bulgarian gimmick. So they called me the Bulgarian Nightmare. I was Ivan Urkov. Nice. You know, it, well, and the whole point was to get people chanting, jerk <clears throat> off, jerk off. And it worked. So. Okay, yeah. so, so the, the, the whole idea of the gimmick was to just be jerk off. Yeah. That's perfect. Yeah. Now, well, okay, so, go ahead. I was going to say, and this is back in the day when, uh, there was only Windy City around. Yeah. You know, you couldn't just go work anywhere. So whatever Sam DeSero told you, you know, mm-hmm. if you wanted to work on the show, whatever he said you're doing, you're doing. Yeah. And I, I accepted it. 
you know, I just yeah. wanted to be in the ring, so I didn't care what you called me, whatever. Mm-hmm. Just let just let me in the ring. So awesome. Yeah. So what what got you into wrestling uh, to even begin with? Like, have you always been a fan of wrestling? Like growing up, like watching everything. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's pretty much everybody uh, that's in the business. Um, just the people that are in the business just didn't grow out of it. You know, I I had friends that we used to watch every pay per view back in the day, but you know they grew out of it. Yeah. You know, and I just didn't. You know, I, it was a passion. I was like, man, this I really want to do this. Oh, yeah. So so how did how did you find your way into the wrestling business then? So you're 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 a kid. I don't know how old you are, so I don't know what 29 years ago was. Let's say uh, you're 16 years old. <laughs> All right. So, so let's say 29 years ago, you decide, I want to get into the wrestling business. I need to learn how to be a professional wrestler. So where did that begin? Like, like where, where did you find a school? Who got you into it? Like, where does that story begin? Man, uh, so it was kind of hard. Um, this is before the internet. You know, you can find anything nowadays. This is before mm-hmm. the internet. And I had heard that Al Snow, and that was before I knew who he was, yeah. uh, before he blew up. Uh, he had a school in Ohio, I think. Okay. So I called them up and they were like, yeah, you pay so much money and you come out here for six weeks. Uh, you know, we pay for your food, whatever. Um, we train you and then you get a match at the end and they send you on the way. I was like, well, what happens after? And they're like, well, you know, you're on your own to find work. So I'm like, uh, I was like, man, is this the only place? Uh, but one day I was going through Pro Wrestling Illustrated magazines. Okay. I don't know if you ever went through them back in the day. But in the very back, they'd have all the results from all these, yes. like, indie shows. You know, Windy City was on there. That's where I, that's where I, I noticed it first. I saw Windy City, it was Windy City Wrestling then. Okay. And I was like, oh, okay, it's gotta be related to Chicago somehow. So, um, after I had called Al Snow, I actually just, uh, we used to have this thing on the phone called information. You hit like <laughs> 411 or something, you could ask for a number, and they'll give you a number. I was like, oh, hell, man, let's just try it. Mm-hmm. Called it, asked for Windy City Wrestling, and sure enough, there was a number. I had the number in my hand. I was looking at it. I was like, okay. And that's that was the start, man. I called, um, talked to Sam. He said, come on in. We'll talk to you. I remember I came there one night. It was a Tuesday night. It was pouring, and it was so hard to find this place. This is the old Windy City Training Center. Um, but, man, as soon as I walked in, you walk in the front door, and you see the, the main ring. And I was just like, yes, I'm home. This, this is where I belong. So that, that's how I got into, you know. Gotcha. Yeah. So one of, one of the things people hate most about me is uh, how much I brag about, uh, you know, going to wrestling school. And because I went to wrestling school, I jokingly, which like, some of the people can't take jokes anymore. You've seen 2022. There's no jokes anymore. No. Um, but I, I was sitting there, I joke with people saying like, oh, yeah, you know, I went to wrestling school back in 07. So technically, you know, I'm like a 15-year vet into the business. Complete joke. But I did go to wrestling school. I was actually trained uh, by my uh, cousin for elite pro wrestling. Uh, take me back to uh, training with you. I know, like, I, I've been to, I've, I've been to uh, wrestling school. I've, I've watched training happen nowadays, which is almost completely different from how it was back for me. Like, I remember a lot more squats, <laughs> a lot more burpees, a lot more running. You know, you, you, you fuck up a bump and everything, you're gonna do laps, you know, stuff like that. Oh yeah. Sure. You don't see too much of that nowadays, but I think I was trained by a, a similar group of people who I think trained along like quite the same era as you, uh, Vito and Sal Tomaselli, mm-hmm. uh, Jay Jensen, Mike Nolan. Yeah. Take me back to, take me back to how your training was. And like, like, was there a point in it where you thought maybe this isn't for me? Yeah. I mean, of course. Uh, I remember my first time going through chop class. Uh, that's, <laughs> that's a whole experience right there. You know, I, after I was done and my chest was bleeding. So they would have, I don't know, let's just say there was seven people in my class at the time. So I would get in the corner and the trainer would chop me, show them how to do it. First guy comes up, chops me and he keeps chopping me until he gets it right. And we go all the way through the line. So you could end up easily a hundred chops. 
easily. I remember my first time going through that, my chest was literally bleeding. I'm like, holy shit, I, I don't know if I can do this. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You know, but I'm, I'm glad I stuck it out. I mean, absolutely. Yeah, yeah there was, a, I think the moment for me where I felt maybe this wasn't for me was, uh, I don't know how, when like the forum shots became more popular in pro wrestling, um, but it was around the time like when, because when I was a kid, I did like the backyard wrestling stuff with my friends. Like, not the extreme backyard wrestling, not the not the stuff that you went through with Ron Lumberjack at ARW a couple weeks ago. Like mats on the uh, mats on the like the backyard floor doing suplexes, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, like we never did like forums. There's always like you know the punches and everything. So when I went into uh, Elite Pro and they started learning forearms, um, Mike gave me my very first forearm and he told me, and I it was my fault 100. When I hit you, don't cringe. Don't go like this. Well, I did. It may knock me out. Yeah. So there, it's, it's amazing how, like, and even then, when I did that, I got punished for it because I screwed up. Yeah. I don't see too much of that nowadays, but, um, so who were your trainers at Windy City? So my main trainer was, uh, Christopher Daniels. Um, like the like Christopher Daniels AEW, yeah, Paul and Angel, yeah. He was there every Tuesday, Wednesday, or Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday. He was my main guy. Um, and then we had Mike Anthony. He would come in sometimes on Thursdays. Um, then we have like like uh, Ripper Manson. He, that's you know eventually where I got my name from. Yeah. But he he would train on weekends. So and I was I was there every training practice. So. I mean, it was mostly Christopher Daniels. Yeah. So how how long did how long did you have training for before you got your first match in Windy City? Well, it was I don't know about a about a year. Yeah. I mean, it was different different back then. I, a whole different era. Um, if Sam didn't think you were ready, then you know you're not. You know, if you didn't impress him in your practice, uh, you're you're not getting booked. You know. Yeah. Now, now back, uh, back in Windy City era, uh, cause we're, we're talking now like, like early 90s-ish, like 93, 94, I'm guessing. Yep, yep. Okay. Like, do they have like the dark matches where they give you an opportunity for like the, the, the class to come in, have matches before the show officially starts and all that stuff? Like, did they have that back then? No. So yeah, it was just, like that. So it was one of the things like where he saw you and if you look good enough in class, then we put you right onto the show. Yeah. I mean, because Sam was there almost every practice, too. Yeah. Uh, he wasn't always involved in what was going on, but he was there. Whether he's watching, you know, or just around the ring somewhere, even if he's talking to somebody, he still paid attention to what was going on. Yeah. yeah. And so then now, and this is the beginning of the, the angry Russian heel Ivan. Bulgarian. Yeah. The I, Bulgarian. The Bulgarian no, that's, that's Ivan. Yeah. yeah. I, I just yeah. assume, I assume always, it's always Russian. <laughs> angry is always Russian, but... Yeah. So the Bulgarian Ivan, how long were you uh, that gimmick before they said we need to change it up? We need to make this Ivan Manson. So yeah, ninety four ish, and then I went to ninety eight as that gimmick, and then I, get, I had so many little bangs and bruises. Yeah, uh, I took a little bit of time off. So roughly four or five years ish. You know, and then when I came when I came back from the uh, from my injuries, or whatever, uh, Sam, I talked to the the Brotherhood, which I don't know if you ever heard of them. They were big back in the day. It was a, okay. a, a big biker faction. It was some place you'd want to be back in that day. You know, because you're guaranteed titles. You know, yeah. you're guaranteed good storylines. Um, I came back, started talking to Sam. He was like. Well, I talked to I talked to Ripper and Psycho, and what do you think about joining the Brotherhood? I'm like, uh, uh, pinch me. I was like, hell yeah. <laughs> you know, right away I walked into the six man titles, and within a year I had won and lost the middleweight, and was already going on to the league, which was their main title. <laughs> so, I mean, I was, you know, very, very lucky to, you know, get asked to be involved with them. I don't know where I'd be. I wouldn't be Ivan Manson if they hadn't asked me to join. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and when it comes to the uh, the Manson family, is like it seems like there's been a lot of like people coming and going like over the years. 
So yeah. for for me, like I mean, I've seen I've seen what the Manson family is like ARW, DWA, SCW. Uh, obviously Charlie, but I, I I do know Charlie came like later. Yeah, he he was never actually in the Brotherhood with the Manson yeah. family. Wait, you know, when did the Brotherhood become the Manson family? Well, I, I left Windy City in like 2008, somewhere around there, and I went okay. to Van, Vanguard. VWAA, gotcha. and I—that's where I just started the Manson family, but it was only me and the family, so it wasn't much of a family. Oh, so you created the Manson family? Kinda. I mean, because we were the Mansons in Windy City, but yeah. we were never like really referred to as a Manson family. We were just the Brotherhood, you know, the Manson brothers, you know, whatever. But they actually be called the Manson family. That started a little bit later. So maybe you can explain that to me then. So, so you're all named Manson. I'm assuming because of Charles Manson. Is that correct, or is that just a coincidence? Well, so it didn't have nothing to do with like my Charlie. Charlie. No, no. Yeah, I'm talking like Helter Skelter in the yeah, yeah. That Manson. So the story I'm told was my old partner Ripper Manson. Yeah. Um, he used to be called Joey Knuckles. You know, just whatever gimmick. And he was trying to think of something that would be cool. So he thought of the two the two famous serial killers, Jack the Ripper, Charles yeah. Manson. Hey, Ripper Manson. That, that's where that that's where he, that started. I mean he so he basically started the Mansons. Really? You know? yeah, can you imagine if he went with like Ripper Dahmer? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Ivan Dahmer. That doesn't even sound good. <laughs> well that's why I don't book things. I'm not, I'm not creative whatsoever. So. Yeah. But that's cool. I, I didn't know, like, I, cause I, I've heard people mention the Brotherhood from back in, like, Windy City Day. Mm-hmm. But I never heard anyone ever discuss that the Manson family kind of came from that concept. Yep. Yeah, that was so, real first, though. So. Gotcha. So, yep. your first match in Windy City, who did they put you up against first? Like, who was your first book match? Oh, God. So, um, so I, I got the Bulgarian gimmick, and they actually had a Bulgarian there. Um, I think his name was like Kuncho or something. So they put us together. And my first match was in Columbus, Ohio. It was a handicap match. It was me and my partner against a guy named Bad Boy Brett Sanders. Uh, he was big back in the day. He ended up going to like Puerto Rico, and he might have even went to Japan. So he, he was big back in the late 90s. Yeah. You know, early 2000s, before he retired. Yeah, that was my first match. That was uh terrible, as it should have been. Everybody's first match can't be, you know, stellar five-star performance. No, yeah, and, I, and you don't really ever expect it to be. I mean, like, when you sit here and you, you, you're talking about stuff, like, you know, nearly three decades later, you know, you could probably look at it and be like, oh, like, you know, I should have bet that. But obviously, yeah. you know, you, you always need to have a beginning. Like, yeah. it always needs to be a start from something. Um, so when you said you were with Windy City from the, from the early 90s up until 2008, was there like an exclusive only wrestling for Windy City like deal back in the day? Or were you able to go to other businesses? Cause in the mid 90s, there was the Lunatic Wrestling Federation, which was also pretty big in the area. Yeah. yeah but yeah. I heard, there, I heard it was kind of, and I could be wrong. This is all just from what I hear, but I heard there were issues between the two like federations or oh, companies, yeah. if you will. Oh yeah. Um, so is it like? Well, I guess my first question was: was this, was uh, was Windy City Wrestling an exclusive? Like you're contracted to wrestle only here. Yes. Um, okay. I think the rule was we couldn't wrestle either 50 or 100 miles within uh, Windy City area. Okay. So and, and back in the day, I didn't want to wrestle anywhere else. I mean, back in the day, we had a TV spot. Mm-hmm. You know, and it, I just loved Windy City. No, so, I mean I, I was I was cool just being a Windy City guy. All right, I got you. So so could you could you enlighten me a little on what the issue was with the LWF? Oh man, well me and Veron talk about this all the time because he's one of my best friends now. But yeah. Back in the day, I literally hated him, and he knows this. Uh, we've talked so many times about this. Mm-hmm. So we, it was our mentality that we were trained wrestlers. Yeah. You know, these guys were taking a shortcut. Training in, in, in a, a backyard, no offense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, 
there's a big difference. I mean, we're, we're trained. These guys aren't. They're, they're not trained. They're dangerous. You know, what, you know, why would you want to go work for them when you can work for Windy City, who's professional? You know, that, that was our, our thinking back then. I got you. Okay. Yeah. So it was, so it wasn't so much about like the fact that like, you know, there was a fear of like LWF taking over the territory. It's just like they, they kind of saw themselves at a certain level where they weren't quite compared to what Windy City saw. Yeah, that's all it was. Fine, I, mean, I got I mean, you, I got we, you. We definitely weren't afraid of them taking over anything. Yeah. You know, I mean, we had our spots, we had our sponsors, we, you know, we were doing good. Well, I know, uh, so LWF, I think, wrestled, like, out of, like, the Midlothian area. Where was Windy City uh, kind of wrestling out of? Let's see. So, uh, our studio was in Chicago. Okay. And our TV spot was in Chicago, but we'd have shows all over the place. Um, but I guess you would say our home base was right off of Torrance Avenue, way up like 103rd and Torrance. Up oh, there. yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so like time I burn them. Yeah, yeah. So that was pretty much our, our home base, I, I guess. Gotcha, okay. Yeah. So in 2008, you leave uh, Windy City and uh, now you're at Vanguard. Tell me more about Vanguard because Vanguard is not a company I'm too familiar with. I've heard stories from... Uh, from Hunter Payne Wrestling there. I know you mentioned mm-hmm. uh, Vanguard a little bit to me as well. Uh, tell me a little more about uh, the Vanguard company and uh, I guess kind of your role there. Yes, yeah, so uh, there was like a mass exodus of wrestlers leaving Windy City. Um, there were so many other companies popping up and we still um, weren't allowed to go anywhere else. You know, e- you know, it was to the point where even if we're in Indiana, we couldn't wrestle there. Okay. And at that point, you know, there's so many other options, you know, it, it sucks to just limit ourselves. So um, a bunch of us left, uh, a guy named Frankie Valiant. He was, uh, me and him had some great hardcore matches in Windy City. Um, but he opened up a company in Vanguard, or okay. Vanguard, and uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, it was going good for a while there. It really was. Uh, we had a school uh, uh, show at... Um, I can't think of the name of the school, but it was 1,400 people there. Oh, wow. So for a brand new company to pull something off like that, I mean, it was, you know. I got you. So now when you're in Vanguard, uh, you're becoming Ivan Manson. You have the Manson family. <clears throat> I never really honestly seen the Manson family as like uh, a total heel or total face kind of like uh, gimmick. It was almost like kind of like a Stone Cold Steve Austin in like the 90s. Like, like we're going to be who we are. You can like us. You can hate us. We really don't give a shit. Yep. Um, but has there always been like those times where somebody says, hey, listen, we're going to book Ivan Manson, but we want baby fight, baby face Ivan Manson. We want heel Ivan Manson. Or do you get to a certain point like in your career where like you're looking at like two, so you look at 2008, 2009. It's almost like 15 years at this point. Give or take, like this yep. is their point. Is like, hey, listen, Ivan, go on, do what you're doing. Or they still have those. Now I need you to be a heel here. Well, they never actually come out and say that, but yeah. I'll see who I'm booked against, and then <clears> I'll, <throat> I'll just work accordingly. You know, okay. if I'm booked against a heel, I mean, I'm still going to be me. I'm still going to do what I do in the ring. I'll just play the more baby part. Mm-hmm. You know, I. I I'm too old to change anything. So, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not the one to go out there and like really slap hands. Even if you're cheering me, I, I'm not that guy. I'm still going to tell you to shut up. The people, mm-hmm. people, people love it. Yeah. You know? So, I mean, you know, I, I, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, like, I don't, I don't think we're really in that generation anymore where like the superhero asks like the, the, the PG John Cena is like the good guy anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, I think people enjoy having, like that, that asshole-ish kind of guy yeah. as like, you know, like, like you don't know if you could cheer him or boo him, but yeah. you want to cheer him because he's so fucking cool. But at the same time, you want to boo him because, you know, he will take his, you know, he'll take his tape off his wrist and choke a guy while the ref's not looking. Absolutely. I do it all the time. time <laughs> yeah. Right. Like, it's one of the, it's like, there's so much about like your wrestling style that I love because it's very, you're a very hard hitting guy. But like, you know, you, you sit there and like, you know, you'll go blow for blow, punch for punch for a guy. You will get the ref distracted by Charlie, you'll take the tape off, choke a guy. But at the same time, you'll do a somersault over the top rope. And you'll yeah. have this, uh, you know, heel of sunrise, whatever, whatever it's called. But you, I mean like, and it's just how fucking nowhere. I still have, 
I think it was, I think it was, uh, I think it was a somersault over the top rope you did in like 2017 that still sna- uh, saved in my Snapchat. Oh yeah. <laughs> just because like, I, just because like, whenever I tell people about it, they're like, like, what do you mean that he flipped over the ropes? Like, I'll have to show you the next time he does it. And I was like, I know when you come out, I was like, there's going to be that spot. Because, yeah. it's, because, because people love seeing people do that. And mm-hmm. then obviously hitting the stunner, which is an amazing move. No matter, you know, how many people are like, oh, that's Steve Austin's move or blah, blah. It's like, no, a Sunder's fucking awesome no matter who fucking does it. Yeah. Um, that's what I love about your wrestling style because, like, you, you'll surprise people. Like, even when you're a baby face, like, you'll still kind of cut that corner and choke somebody. That's what's yeah. cool about it. And that's what's cool yeah. about your character. Uh, tell me, tell me about, uh, so as you create the Manson family, you said it was just you when it started out. Mm-hmm. When did when did when did Charlie join? When did Cheeks join? When did you start you know bringing people into the the family and start creating a legit Manson family? Well, Cheeks and I have been together uh, since 2000. Okay. Um, like not together together, but I mean she's one of my best friends, so she's always been around. Even in Vanguard, she was she'd come in and do a little little with me when she had some free time. Okay. Um, so like with you as like a manager, like even like. The Windy City, she was the manager for you? She was the valet, yeah. For the, yeah. for the angry Bulgarian? No, no, no. She, uh, I met her when I, the very first day I joined Brotherhood, I met okay. her. And she, gotcha. she had already been in Brotherhood, uh, a year or two. Okay, awesome. Yeah. Okay, okay. And so when you left Windy City and went to Vanguard, she went with you? Yeah, basically. Okay. She was one of the, yeah. Um, so with meeting Charlie, I was, after Vanguard, I was contemplating. I was, you know, I was like, eh, I don't know what I want to do. Yeah. Um, so one of my old trainers, Mike Anthony, he was working at ARW. He called me up. He's like, hey, man, there's some guy here doing your gimmick. I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, man, this guy's doing a family gimmick. You got to come check him out. I'm like, oh, dude. He's like, no, he, he's actually doing a good job. He looks just like Charles Manson. <laughs> I'm like, all right, I got I to gotta check this out. So I went there and... Saw what he did. I'm like, I, I want him to be a part of me. I want to be with him. You know, so he already had the family going. Okay. Um, I don't want to lessen down the guys he had, but I think I helped elevate the family a little bit just because of all the years experience I had and I was bringing to the table. Yeah. You know, and, and then, and then Mike Anthony joined me too. So you had me and Mike Anthony in the family. You know, both big Windy City guys, and he was a trainer in Windy City, so, you know, it it was good. Yeah, I I saw Charlie's gimmick. I'm like, this is awesome. I was like, I can't be mad at this guy. I was like, I love what he's doing. So, tell me, uh, tell me some about the. Um, I think uh, I think Hunter was the one that mentioned it to me first, but I think you guys used to have like some kind of body bag match at Vanguard. Oh yeah, and we had all yeah. kinds of stupid matches. What, what what kind of company was Vanguard? I mean, like, was it more like an LWF, like a backyard, like, like not at all, death, like death matches, hardcore matches, stuff like that, or was that just a specialty match that happened? Yeah, so uh, they had a a hardcore title. It was called okay. the hard, Hardcore Kingship. So I mean, yeah, you would have the you know one or two of those matches, but you know you you got guys coming from Windy City, you know mm-hmm. that that are technical and the high flyers. Gotcha. So Vanguard was more of a shoot off from Windy City. It's just we added that the hardcore element. Okay, so like it's so like Attitude Era DAF has a hardcore championship thing then. Exactly. So it's still it's still a respected company, but they're, we're gonna throw in this edgier matches and stuff because some certain fans like that. Well, so Windy City did that toward the end. They had a something called the Bare Knuckles title. Is this um, around ECW? Is that why? What's that? Is this around like the extreme championship wrestling era? Is that why people started getting more into hardcore? I, I think so. I think okay. so. But um, to tell you the truth, I mean, people just love hardcore. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I went out there and I've had match of the night. I don't know how many times when I was hardcore champion, just because yeah. of the stupid shit I would do. You know, I, I would regret it the next week. You know, I, you feel that shit. But mm-hmm. I mean, it's true. People just love it, and to this day, people still love it. Oh yeah, like I I don't understand how people could have like a like a, a bring your own weapons match kind of thing where they let fans bring. I mean, I remember watching uh, Mike uh, Mike Nolan Acid 
uh, wrestled LWF and they would have a bring your own weapons match and everything. Yeah. And I was like, how do you trust something like that? <laughs> like, it, it's insane to think like what somebody could bring into the ring. Yeah. But, but then you, you, you can also pick and choose. I mean, yeah, they might bring something, but whether you choose to use it or not, you know, that's up to you. You know. Yeah, so, uh, so you and Braun, um, you guys just had a, uh, like a household match, I think it was called at ARW. It was, uh, we were having a little family tip. So it was like a little family feud. We, you know, every once in a while, me and him have to, have to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just, we have to, you know. Yeah. Uh, he's strong, you, will die, and I'm strong, will die. And when you put those together, you know, temper well, squared. A, yeah, there was a certain point. I think it was like 2015, 2016 that I remember. So it could have happened earlier. Uh, family Asylum was a thing. Where mm-hmm. it was the Benson family along with Braun and the Lunatic, um, their nurse manager. I can't remember his name. Um how did that come up? Because like, cause you, so you said that you and Braun, different companies in the nineties. Where did you meet Braun? How did the uh, family asylum happen? Well, I, I met Braun. He was at a, a Vanguard show okay. in the audience, um, and I knew who he was. I'm like, I looked at him, you know, I was like, man, I was thinking, fuck that guy. <laughs> and then, but then after the show, he was like, here's a beer, man. He gave me a beer, and that that was it. You know, that that was the start of our relationship. He, he gave me a beer, and we talked, and I was like, this guy really ain't that bad, you know. And now I, I love him to death. I mean, yeah. you know, I trust him. He's one of the few people I really, really 100% trust in the ring. No matter what he wants to do to me or with me in the ring, you know, I fully trust him. Yeah. Well, cause um, I, and I see, like, you guys uh, wrestled a lot of tag teams together, especially in ARW. Um but so family asylum where, where did where did that idea come from I don't remember where it came from it was probably Braun. but we were trying to figure out how to bring him into the family down in Southland okay cuz he he was already in the asylum yeah with lunatic so i think that's pretty sure that's where it didn't last very long you know no, it lasted, that, yeah it, it seemed very brief and then i know i can't remember which show it was but yeah it was I think I remember like nine months of it, maybe at most. I mean, when you do a show once a month, it's kind of hard to like really. That's yeah. another thing. That's another thing that's goofy, which I applaud you guys as indie wrestlers that, uh, who work these like vast territories is that even though you're Ivan Manson, you're not the same Ivan Manson at SCW as you are at ARW, which you'll be the same one at DWA. So like right. you, like to, the fact that you have to keep these different like, like, like versions of Ivan separated. Yeah. I would lose my mind trying to do that shit. Yeah. It is so, harder. Yeah. But Charlie helps a lot too. Mm-hmm. I mean, cause, cause he knows his role too. And people, yeah. you know, he can get people to either love him or hate him. I mean, he is so good at what he does. So like in Southland, we, we try to do the more heel down there. That's where we try. Um, ARW, we've always been the tweener. In, in DWA, we try to do the babyish family so yeah. i mean it's, it's really up to charlie how he presents us during his introductions mm-hmm. you know so i, I got to give, give him a lot of credit on helping us sway whichever way we have to go that night yeah. uh one of, one of the things i haven't seen i haven't seen the family wrestle in a while um but 2016 2017 ish uh jake andrews joined the family Tell me a little bit about bringing him in because it didn't. It, it seemed like he wasn't. I mean, uh, I think I what, what does uh, Charlie call him? Like the 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 baby face, the boy next door. The baby face killer, and baby yeah, he calls him the boy next door. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, what's the decision on bringing Jake Andrews into the family, knowing that like he just he doesn't have like the same kind of look that you would think somebody in the you know the Manson family would have. That's that's exactly why we wanted him in. Yeah. Because he's the exact opposite. And me and him work so well together because he's, he's my opposite. You know, he does all the technical high-flying stuff where I'm the more power brute. I mean, we made such a really good team. I mean, I really can't say enough about Jake Andrews. You know, love him to death. <laughs> is he yeah. uh, is, is he still part of the family right now? We're not really working at Southland, so I don't yeah. know what's going on with Jake. I know he had, like, 
some kind of surgery. I don't know if a shoulder or what, but I don't. I don't even know what he what his future is holding for him. So I don't know. I, I can't really speak on what you know. No, and I, I totally understand. Yeah, see, that's the thing too. Is like you I mean like it goes back to the whole like SCW Ivan Manson isn't the same as ARW Ivan Manson, which isn't the same as you know DWA Ivan Manson. Right. You know, so it's like if if I catch you at SCW. But then I see you at ARW, it's a confusing thing as a fan to be like, wait a minute. He, he's here with Jake Andrews, but here he's with somebody else. But you uh, never see, and that's what I love too, is like, you know, like, you have a Manson family version at ARW, and then there's a Manson family version at SCW. So there, you, you never really know how many members there truly are, mm-hmm. unless you see the whole collection. Well, our, our whole point when me and Charlie first started this was to have you know, uh, a bunch of members, but we wanted to take them with us everywhere. Yeah. So, you know, the whole, the whole family would be like at Southland and then the mm-hmm. whole family would be dynamic or ARW. Yeah. But, you know, schedules, you know, everybody has a conflicting schedules. It was just hard to do. You know, that was the plan from the start. Uh, you know, me and Charlie have been together for nine, nine years now. Me and him have been together almost every show. Every time I book a show, I, I make sure that they know Charlie's coming with me. You know, it's me and Charlie. That's my, you know, he he completes me. <laughs> <laughs> so so when you when you first met Charlie, was, was he wrestling down at ARW? Or was he managing just the Manson family? He was well. It wasn't called the Manson family. It was just called the family. It's called um, the family. Okay. Yeah, and and he was just managing. That's all he's ever done. Uh, he might do a get involved here and there, but yeah. Um, now, I, I was blown away by his mic skills. You know, I was like, yeah, this is this is what I want. Especially when he does the intro thing. I mean, like, when you, when you sit there and, like, I, I hate using televised wrestling as a reference when talking about independent wrestling. But when you sit there and look at, like, when the New Age Outlaws entered the ring and you knew Road Dogs, you know, intro was going to happen, and it's the same thing over and over. Or when Triple H did the introduction to D-Generation X. Like, you know the words, you want to sing along with it. It's it's crazy to think that, you know, Charlie's thing is the exact same thing. When people start singing along with it the very first time I heard it, freaked me the fuck out. <laughs> I was like, how is everyone hearing this shit? But then I, but when everyone, like, realized, I'm like, and I, I said, I don't, I mean, you know super fan Steve Doris uh, down in SCW. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah. He, he's almost like a, 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 a Midwest wrestling historian when it comes to like stuff. So he, he's talking to me about you, about you, about Windy City, about, you know, about everything. So I was like, okay, so Ivan's been around a while, which, which sucks to think, but it makes a lot more sense when you said how exclusive the, uh, to Windy City wrestling. Because in the 90s, all I went to was LWF, because that's when mm-hmm. my cousin wrestled. Um, no one in my family is a big wrestling, like, you know, they're not wrestling fans. I'm the only one in my whole family that actually likes wrestling. The only reason I went to LWF is because my dad is Mike's uncle. So he'll take us just for the hell of it, but as we grew up, he's like, you need to get away from this crap. You gotta stop watching this garbage. Excuse me. So, never made it to a Windy City show. And then when I started going on my own, when I turned, you know, when I finally got my driver's license in 2005, 6-ish, somewhere around there, um, I totally forgot that independent wrestling was even a thing. In my mind, WWE, you know, shit like that, that's what wrestling is now. Mm-hmm. Until I started going down to New Breeze Wrestling Alliance in Buckley in uh, Illinois. Yeah. There's so much more. There's still wrestling out here. So, you know, I started going to more stuff and everything, but I, but hearing about, you know, especially like talking like with the lead pro guys or, you know, where you guys are now, Hunter Payne and all that, you know, they're talking about like companies I never heard of. And I feel bad about that because here I am, a host of a wrestling podcast, and I'm still learning about the shit that I probably should have known already. Yeah. No. Yeah. So tell me, tell me about some of the places you have wrestled. I mean, I, so so Windy City Wrestling, Vanguard. We know ARW, SCW. Um. So we know. So between Vanguard and where you are today, what 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 happened in between those times? Because now we're looking at 2010 to 2018, 20. Yeah, uh, so that's when, that's when I met Charlie and, uh, I, the ball started rolling. I mean, we just started taking bookings everywhere. Um, yeah. we, we worked down in IWA Productions. That's down in Mount Vernon. 
Um, we actually have a show tomorrow night up in Janesville, Wisconsin, for JWA. Okay. Um, I think that's is, about it. I mean, what I, is JWA? I know because I, I remember seeing like when uh, DWA did that Invitational a few months back. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, probably like more like six months back. But uh, I noticed that there was LWF, uh, JWA. I think Windy City was up there, but there were, there were multiple like banners of of the promotion. What is JWA? JWA is Janesville Wrestling Alliance. Um, it's uh, what's well, in Janesville. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just a it, it's a fun little company, you know. I, okay. I this is only my second show with them, third show. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, it, it sucks they brought me in so late, where you know mm-hmm. it's almost the end now because I can see there's there could be some pretty cool storylines for me, but. You know. Well, you, you know in this business, Ivan, when when people say they retire, I mean, like it's not like a permanent thing. Uh, I'm not. I am not going to be one of those guys. No. No. Um. Well, so, so this this is my thinking on this. Yeah. Um. It would kill me to hear a fan say, "Damn, I remember Ivan when he was good." Mm-hmm. You know, if I was in the ring, if I heard a fan say that, that would yeah. that would crush me. You know, uh, this last, uh, this last year especially, I've been telling good stories. I'm still working pretty good in the ring. That's how I want to go out. You know, yeah. uh, I'm not saying I'll never get in the ring again. I mean, if something comes up where, you know, a tag or six man or whatever. Yeah. But as for me being an active participant on anybody's roster, that, that's never going to happen again. Yeah. And I, I you know, well, I, 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 I get that all the time too. Oh, you know, retiring, wink, wink. Like, no, you know, uh, I, I love Ric Flair to death, but after seeing this last, you know, him coming back, I loved it when he had his retirement match against Shawn Michaels. They yeah. told a great story. There was so much emotion in that match. That should have been it. All right. I was bummed when, I, he, when he showed up at TNA after that. I was, I like, was too. I was like too. ruining it. It's the same thing with Shawn Michaels uh, coming back for that tag team match in Saudi Arabia. Yeah. Like absolute shit. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Nothing against him. I mean, he. I mean, he, he's the one that held the match together after Triple H's injury and uh, Kane's mask falling off and all that stuff. But it, it's it, it's like you agree. Like obviously, I would. You know, it sucks that you are retired. I would love to see more matches from you. It sucks that I missed so many years of not watching you wrestle. But I understand when you say like you don't. In in a sense, you don't want to be a shell of what you were. Exactly. You don't want you don't want to get out there and just like you know you don't. You don't want to be something that you weren't in, you know, the 90s, the early 2000s, stuff like that. And, I get it. and 30 right. years is incredible. I mean, not a lot it of is. people make 30 years, especially in, like, an independent scene. I mean, the traveling stuff just kicks your ass, and, you know, yeah. you, have to, you, have to, you have to take care of yourself. You know, there's no, there's not, you know, medical staff and physicians and trainers that are going to help you out, you know, post that stuff. I mean, yeah. you're taking care of yourself, traveling, driving, you know, jo- uh, you know, show to show to show. Yeah. And in the last nine years, um, it's been almost every weekend, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm not comparing myself like to WWE schedule because that's, that's a ridiculous schedule yeah. right there. But for an indie guy, you know, yeah. for nine years, almost every weekend, you know, I was booked. Oh yeah. I used to work, yeah, global GPW. Mm-hmm. That was one of Braun's other babies before dynamic. You know, we worked them first of the month, ARW second of the month, usually off third of the month. And then we'd have, uh, Southland. The last uh, Saturday of the month, and it was revolving door. And then come summer, we would throw in an extra show or do a, a, a double shot. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's it's a long time to be doing, you know, that kind of damage to your body. <laughs> it really is. Yeah. I mean, people yeah. say, oh, it's only a weekend, but man, so you know, what I mean, it uh, yeah, I feel no, like I for a few, you know, almost a week now afterwards, me and Braun. You know, he kicked my ass. I felt it for a good week afterwards. Yeah, uh, Nubby, uh, or Turtle, however you know him, uh, sent me some, uh, video of your guys' match because he was able to make ARW. I was unfortunately not able to. And he was showing me, like, uh, some, uh, there, was, there was like a spot there. I think it was like where Braun had like the, the deer head and you had the, uh, the unicorn. Yeah. So it was like that spot right there and everything. Yeah. And it, it's one of those cool things. Like, I mean, like, there, there are some people, like cynics, Cynical people who think like, oh, he's holding a unicorn bull. Is that what the hell is that going to do? 
It's like when you realize how much fun it is to see matches like that, that's what makes you a true wrestling fan. Yeah, and, and we actually really didn't use it. It, no. it was just it was just like a little comedy spot. Right, and, and that's, that's, what, all... and that's what was incredible, because you did like the uh, jousting. Yeah. 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 You got to throw that in. You yeah. know, it's all about the fan. As long as they're happy and having fun and smiling or booing or doing something, then I, I don't care what anybody says. Oh, that, that's stupid. Oh, the fans liked it, so. Right, right. I mean, just, look at, just look at the fact that you threw Braun through a fucking big screen TV. Yeah, right. he went he went head first into that too, man. That's crazy. So as, as you mentioned at the beginning of this episode, uh, your final match is uh, is it was it called Black and Blue Wednesday? Yes, it's the night uh, before Thanksgiving. Yes, they have a yearly I, I, show. Yeah, to me it's Blackout Wednesday, but uh, that's all drinking. So yeah. you 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 posted a you made a Facebook post uh, deciding who you want your final match to be against. You named two people, uh, Brandon Bishop, if that's correct. Yeah. And uh, Terry Allen. Yeah. Why those two, and do you think that's going to happen? Well, it's not going to happen with Brandon. Um, I don't know what the lack of communication is there, but so my very first uh, feud yeah. when I was Ivan Urkoff was against Brandon Bishop. You know, he was Mister USA. He had the the, the uh, Star Spangled Trunks. You know, and then uh, Terry was involved too. He was like Brandon's little sidekick. So you know, I, I had matches with with Terry, beat him up, you know, and then Brandon would come make the save. You know, a typical storyline. Yeah. So I think that would be a perfect way to end my career is facing who was my very first feud. Mm-hmm. So and that's where I got that idea. You know, and. I, I wanted Brandon, but, you know, I don't know if he's just not even wrestling anymore or what's going on, but, uh, and I still haven't heard back from Terry, so I'm gonna have to do a little post this week, say, come on, man. You gotta get right. this figured out. Well, hopefully he listens to my show. I mean, being that he's my boss from Southland Championship Wrestling, and I say so much shit about him here yeah. all the time. Like, I don't know if you listen to my show or anything, but like, I definitely shit on Terry way too much. Um, it's just mostly about like, you know, like Steve from the Power Hour talking about how, you know, if I keep saying things about, uh, Terry's gonna burn my fucking truck. And it's like, I'll do it. You know, whatever. Um, but I do like Terry, you know, in all honesty. I think he's a really cool guy. Very, yeah. uh, very chill guy. And he has a history in this business. Just like you, like when I was talking about doing that Windy City panel, you know, the whole idea is Hunter, Terry, you, um, uh, you know, the, the guy himself. You know, like I want, and I still want to do that. And um, hopefully, we still be able to do that. I don't know. That's yeah. It's gonna happen. It, it's a process. But um, so before we I, do, before we go on, I do have to make a little correction. So yeah. my last match is going to be in October. Um, the Black and Blue Wednesday. I asked them to uh, give me a little bit of time so I could come out and actually thank everybody. You know, just do my my farewell to you guys. Oh, okay. So I just wanted to clear that up. So oh, my my last game. my last time in the ring will be in November, but my last match I'm trying to get Terry to work is October 10th, I believe. Don't quote me on that date, but it's somewhere right around there. I just I had to clear that up. I just thought to myself, oh, I've been giving you the wrong date. So gotcha. Well, that's a bummer because that would give me my first ARW Black and Blue, and I was hoping to see that last match. Oh, so I'm sorry, give me man. a favor, just change it. You know, just do it for me. It'll be okay. Completely change your plans. All right, well, I'll I'll see what I can do. <laughs> but no, that's that's really cool. Okay, so you mentioned uh, you mentioned you got JWA the guy this coming weekend. Yep. What other what other shows do you have booked so guys can know to come and check you out before you call it a career? Man, I'm really coming down to the end. Um, yeah. Like I got Janesville tomorrow, and I don't know if they're running a show in October, so I'm not counting on that. Um, so the only thing I really have booked is ARW in September and then ARW in October. Okay. Um, there's no dynamic on the horizon or anything. So, I mean, I'm down to my last two, three matches, depending if Janesville, you know, runs in the next month or two. But, yeah, it's it's coming. I'm, I'm happy about it, though, man. I am. You know, 
there's so many, so many young, hungry guys in this business right now. Yeah. And so many great guys, you know, I, I feel comfortable, uh, stepping back because I, I know this business is in good hands. Absolutely. I really do. And Ivan, I appreciate you taking the time out to do this with me. Uh, I'm glad you picked my podcast to do this with. Uh, I think that's really cool of you. Um, we didn't get to cover the stories of like, and I, I want to, talk, I want to talk about like locker room stories, traveling stories. I have like tons of them. And we're going, we're going to do more episodes like this because I want to hear those stories. So those will be coming out. Uh, I think we're looking to post retirement because I do want to kind of follow up on the, the, the back end of this, the final chapter of your, uh, story as we will. And, um, I just want to say thank you again for doing this and, uh, taking the time out to, uh, talk with me. Oh, by the way, I wanted to say this earlier. I didn't get a chance. Kind of jealous of the fact that you just did this from outside. Like, there's a fucking pine, uh, palm tree behind you and shit. Um, so. Got a little bit yeah. of whiskey right here. Yeah, see? Okay, I just yeah, smoke yeah. it. I sit here in my own office. Like, why aren't I sitting on my deck doing this? So a little well, bit see, jealous. That's why I'm Ivan Manson and you're not. That's true. That's true. I, I am no, I'm, a, I'm just a nobody. And I'm just, no, I'm, I'm just joking. I'm not like that. I don't want you to think I'm, I'm just joking. No, 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 no. But you know what? If, if you were like that, I'd still love you. You, you are still one of my favorite guys. When I started doing this podcasting and I started going to shows again and everything, like the, the Manson family was one of the draws for me to go to these wrestling shows. I mean, I probably never would have gone to an ARW show if I didn't know that the Manson family was going to be there. That's what drew me out there. Uh, SCW was, you know, they, you know, they had to have been honored to have you at their shows. I'm sure Vanguard and Windy City felt the same. Um, who would have thought that a Bulgarian would have, uh, you know, become who he is today? Exactly. <laughs> but we're going we're gonna to talk, we're going to have more stories with you, uh, towards more of the end of the year. We'll definitely schedule this again, uh, probably after November when uh, you do your final farewell. Awesome. So thank you again for doing this and I appreciate it. Um, it's, I don't know, do you have social media for Ivan Manson or, I mean, you usually don't jail too much, I think, for people to really follow I am in jail a lot, but I've been good lately. It's been, it's been a few months, so mm-hmm. you should definitely hit me up. Ivan Manson on Facebook. Yeah. Check out Manson on Facebook, and of yeah. course, you can find my podcast, Just Regressing the JFW Podcast, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can also find the show when it's released on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, and even on YouTube, because uh, Ivan was nice enough to do a video uh, show with us. So this will be released on YouTube for you guys to watch. Uh, we do appreciate you hanging out with us. Time to ring the bell on this episode. So as always, I am Travis D. I am here with the mad dog Ivan Manson talking about his career. Thank you for listening to another episode of Just Freaking Wrestling, the JFW Podcast.